0: hi this is dan and this is joe and this is enough room welcome back yes welcome back
1: again Um, i'm just thinking about our last episode and just Mm. a few of the bombs we dropped at the end (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, and guess what we still have paul anthony here with us hi hello I was just sitting there at the end of uh, the last episode listening, and I was like, oh, this is so good, so good. Uh, And I'm so glad that we still have you because, yeah, it's definitely something that I want to explore because the first time I came across you on Facebook, it was actually in regards to what had happened um, with, um, I guess, your church or your conference um, and leadership positions in the church Mm -hmm. and all of those things um before we before we go there though um i i, I want to explore a bit further uh, just in regards to your sexuality i guess um can you share a bit of what your coming out experience was like or
2: when oh. you first realized
1: that you might be gay and
0: yeah
2: oh yeah um <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so i realized i was so many things just went through my head right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I realized that I was different, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other boys. I realized that very early on, probably five, six, definitely by seven, I started yeah. I realized that I was very I felt I felt differently, or I felt what I imagined to be differently, but then again, I didn't really care because I was a little boy. I just went to play in the mud. Play kickball, stuff like that, and watch cartoons. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but as I went into elementary school, that's where I started noticing because I was a very flamboyant kid, I'm once again flamboyant. I, I started off very flamboyant as a kid. Then when I started realizing it wasn't socially acceptable, I started, you know, mm. doing all the mm-hmm. I guess maybe toxic masculine things that we supposed to we're supposed to do, <laughs> to do with know, actually men or these super, you know. Masculine, cisgender kind of things that we're told you need to conform <laughs> with, whatever. And so, but now I'm singing back. It's like I'm going to just be myself because um, yeah. this is the man God called me to be. Um, so, but early on in, in elementary school, I started getting teased. You know, called um, called fag or gay for um, for my mannerisms or the fact that I like to sing <laughs> sing. Um, or just other things. And, you know, honestly, it, it was annoying and I'm sure there's, there, there, were, I, I know there had to have been some hurts there. I don't remember it very well. Mm. I know there were pains and hurts there. Yeah, there were. Yeah. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. Um, but I would also throw it back at them because it's like, well, you're gay too, dude. Well, whatever. It was a thing to say, you know, you said fag and gay and so forth. <laughs> that was not pretty like, but that's just what happened. Um, and so that was my first introduction to this thing called being gay. And it's like, I guess mm-hmm. I am that. But again, I was a little boy. I didn't really care. And I wasn't really feeling the hots for anyone. So, I mean, I was a little boy. Moving into middle school, that's where, you know, you know you're know, you starting to feel the hormones. You're starting to feel the hormones. And so that's where I was like, oh. But definitely, I, I, I can pretty – I can almost with, – with almost – all certainty say that I was more by bi- I was bisexual during more bisexual during my time when I was in middle school and prior because mm-hmm. there were girls I was very attracted to like very attracted to um, as I moved toward high school I don't know what happened but I guess body chemistry can change things can happen I don't know and I just became straight okay <laughs> so it's almost like you went through this straight phase, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was still attracted to guys while I was tra- while I was attracted to girls, yeah. but I was past I could pass. Like I could, I could, think of several girls that I had a little thing for. Yeah. But I think during high school I was very strongly gay. But I went again small avenue school. There weren't the pickings were slim. and desirable. Yeah. <laughs> Any my friends might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> you no I it, was a school. it wasn't it yeah <laughs> and so, um then moving on into college um but all this time i was keeping it on the i wasn't really thinking about it i just kind of like well i'm just a i'm i'm just a i'm, I'm I, don't, I never really like called myself gay it wasn't really a thing i needed mm-hmm. to accept mm-hmm. i definitely had some homophobia but i didn't really care because i didn't have a lot of queer people in my life maybe one or two it just wasn't a present thing for me to really mm-hmm. be concerned with i felt attracted very attracted to guys but it wasn't a thing i thought about super pressing um yeah. even though i felt yeah you know. um oh yeah um so when i moved into college that's where i got my first you know real exposure to other queer people and that's where i really started to realize how like whenever i would think about queer people it would be like oh <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. all the world because these people—they're just deluded and they're trying to be sinful and all these things. Yeah. So, um, so, <laughs> so you know, that, that's how I—that's how I, I viewed queer people. But as I started to, um, as I started to, you know, become friends with some of my gay, some of my with other gay people, other queer people, that's where I started to be challenged. I was like, well, they're not. <laughs> and then that's where I started to wrestle with the fact that you know. I'm gay. Like, I like thinking it to myself. Like, mm. wait, wait, I'm gay. Like, I know I am, but like, I now, I, I really know I am. And so, um, long story short, I went through an existential crisis in 2016, 2017, where I fell in love with one of my, um, one of my best friends. Um, a lot of, a lot of turmoil of heart, um, and soul, and mind. I asked God countless times to take my life. Cause I, I would never take my own life. Um, and so it was, it was a really dark time. I, you know, for a person who never really had ups and downs with God, it was very consistent growth. You know, you had problems with God, of course, but like never really had anything major. So that was the first time I ever really had a kind of jarring come to Jesus kind of experience. Like, Oh wow. Like this is what people mean when they say they really go through crap or uh, when they really go through stuff. And so, um, yeah, out of that situation. Oh yeah, by the way, the year prior in 2015 was when I came out to my, I came, oh, that was the situation where I came out. How could I forget that? Sorry, before <laughs> I pick that story. In 2015, I was at um, this campus ministries convention slash one project mm-hmm. weekend yeah. events and that happened yeah. in on the West Coast in the Seattle area and um because i was still very much in the closet and i was still dealing with some frustrations about you know accepting my identity um there was a pastor who was present there one of the chaplains of one of our Adventist universities i don't know if he still is but he was he had preached this sermon that was really controversial and at that time i had a major problem with it looking back now i probably wouldn't have had terribly much of a problem with it but at that time it was very triggering for me as a person in the closet Mm -hmm. and so he was there at this, this campus ministries meeting, and there was a breakout meeting about how to deal with, you know, how to wrestle with um, queer people being in, you know, in the church and so forth. And so I was there um, not knowing what to expect, but not expecting what was going to happen. And so he starts going on, this, this pastor was also, this chaplain was present there, and he basically starts rehashing this sermon over again. And it just like, it triggered me. Like I became like inside myself of course like wildly angry and just like beside myself like why am i so angry about this like why am i so like upset like i like, sure i don't like what he said but like i'm feeling like beside myself and yeah. so i like storm out um my chaplain one of my chaplains was sitting there and i could tell she was like what the heck uh, she was fantastic by the way but anyways so i go and find my head chaplain i grab him um, and i'm like pastor we, pastor brandon we need to go talk because this pastor just said this about gay stuff and you know <laughs> gay I was, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah i refer to all this as gay stuff because it's just it's yeah so um, so like we go out to the beach it was like one of those it's like such an 80s hollywood like hollywood moment you know this epic moment mm-hmm. you're standing there beach and the waves are crashing in really dramatic. And I'm like saying, I'm like going off I'm like saying, pastor dude said this. And he's like, really? Like, okay. Okay. And I could tell he was probably like, what the heck? Why do you care? Like, I mean, like, sure. It's as concerning on a theological level, but like, why does this matter so much to you? And so without thinking without any will of my own outcomes. And the reason I care is because I'm gay. And I was like, And like, as soon as I, I, it was like knocked out of me. I promise I did not, I did not want to say it. And as soon as I said it, I like sank to my knees. Also bad idea because there was rocks everywhere. It hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it happened. And so that was the first time I ever told a single soul um, that I was, that that I'm gay. Um, It was very liberating. Felt like a billion rocks off my shoulders. Um, The next, like two days later, I shared my I shared the fact that I was gay with my um, now my, my very best friend in the world, uh, my buddy Austin. Um, a couple of days later I shared it with uh, the guy um, I was in love with. <laughs> 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 and I shared it with one of my actually before him I shared it with one of my one of my best friends who's gay um, at the time and I was I shared it in a very kind of pious kind of way like I, here I am. but anyways, long very long story short, the next year I went through that existential crisis of faith um and through that situation i learned to be gracious i learned to be gracious not only for with other queer people but with myself because you know i am them they are me if i don't like them i don't like me mm-hmm. yeah. and, and yeah. so there's a lot of stuff that to be undone there so god through that journey he said paul you're gay like, you're really gay. Like, you you admitted it last year, but you didn't really let it sink in. Like, you haven't really taken stock of what that means. Mm. And so through that, I, I began to be like, oh, okay. So, like, I'm calling myself gay now. I'm okay to hang out with other queer people. I don't have to be weird. In fact, I can feel seen in a way that straights don't do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so forth. And so I became very much a, um, a proponent for queer people. And it's just been growing since then.
1: I love that. I I can definitely, yeah, I can definitely relate with a lot of that story. Uh, (laughs) My coming out experience, though, was not pretty at all. Um, Mm. Let's just say lots of drama with the church. Mm. I had to basically withdraw my membership from the church, um, from the church role, as they (laughs) call it, Um, and yeah, went into, I think about six months to a year of being on antidepressants. And um, again, like you said, you know, you're praying to God to just take your life because mm. you don't want yeah. to do it. Whereas with me, I actually tried once. Uh, mm. But it, it, it's, it's a story that I think a lot of other queer um, Christians can relate to because I think that's, that's a lot of what we go through. Um, and especially when you're talking about, uh, you know, growing up and not really fully understanding, I guess, some of the things that you're feeling, well, in my case, I didn't, mm. uh, but also because there was just no one in my community that I could look at and go, mm. okay, that's what a gay Christian right. looks like, yep. or oh, that that's what it looks like. And so I, I feel like i made a lot of uh, unhealthy decisions, I guess, um, yep because there was nothing I could look at as well Um, which is why things like this are so important which is why I wanted to chat with you or we wanted to chat with you is because we feel like there's just a need for queer christian voices especially Mm. in the church today Mm. Um, and if especially if we're talking about like present truth this is you know a present truth that we are queer we are gay and we are christian um, and there is obviously a, a better way to life than being, you know, subjected to um, the mental turmoil of yeah. um, hating
0: yourself and just not accepting. And I think uh, your... more and more I'm seeing that um, it seems like the, the I guess, uh, popular belief or, or almost universal belief now is that there is nothing wrong with homosexuality. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with being gay. It the really the debate and the the question is is sort of what can you do with it or mm-hmm. what's the result of that but and mm-hmm. I think that even that is something for me that I think is really important that the church um, at large um, I guess starts to really promote that idea and support that idea because I don't I don't think they fully understand the impact that the idea that there's something wrong with you. I don't think they fully understand the impact of that on someone's life and, and mental health and, and well-being. And I think, um, as we've said, all of us can relate to just going through that those phases and that time of, of as you said, if I don't like them, then I don't like myself. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge issue. Like that that has huge implications for people and it can be um, a, a very long um a very ongoing process of, of sort of being able to deal with that. And so I think um, I really appreciate um, what you've been doing online, which is really promoting that idea that there is nothing wrong with that um, and there's nothing wrong with with identifying as a, a, with a different sexuality. And I think that even the official church statements, at least for the Adventist church, would mm-hmm. support that idea that there is nothing wrong with the sexuality. Um, It's just what you do about it, that that's where the debate may be. Um, And so, yeah, I I agree. I think it's really important. And we're both very passionate about getting that conversation out there and that message out there so that other people like us who are growing up can actually see other people that they can relate to, but also can understand there's nothing wrong with Mm.
1: them. I I used to attend an Adventist church before I moved to Sydney. I was up in Brisbane, um, which is up in the state of Queensland. Mm. and I remember going to one of the churches and there was a person in particular who was struggling with their sexuality and every single day uh, every single Sabbath that we'd walk in, um, you could just see the mental stress. You could just see the burden, um, that they were carrying. And I'm just like, you know, even if you're not going to go out and, um, live, quote-unquote the lifestyle i think that's a very important step is to you know just to love yourself and uh love others especially love others who are like you um random and this is going off on a tangent it's not on our notes or anything um have you heard about the uh is it guiding families
2: booklet oh yeah i i have it i actively promote it it's a fantastic resource oh my gosh yeah. Yes. Yes. I don't know why yeah. it's not mandated reading. It it, yeah. it should be required. Like you cannot continue to be a pastor until you have read this and gone through this mm-hmm. training. Period. But yeah. the fact that we don't, we 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 seek compliance and things that are less important, but yeah. we don't do compliance and things that are like like this could be the difference between someone's life or death.
1: No, absolutely. And, and that's it. It's the difference between life and death for. A lot of queer people, a lot of uh, gay Christians, um, which is like, oh, you know, are you going to just preach at them until something happens, something unfortunate happens, or yeah. would you first, you know, help them to be comfortable and to love themselves? First? I, I was just reading um, this blog just before we got onto um, recording this particular episode. Um it was referencing the Guiding Families booklet and how yeah. it's basically about the devil and it's written yeah. by someone who's not an Adventist, so how dare they make oh it my gosh. you know, an authoritative um, <laughs> teaching material. Um I mean here in Australia the union here in Australia actually distributed it to the pastors and I think teachers and as well. School teachers. Yeah, yeah, school teachers as well. Um which yes. I think was great uh, but then i was reading this blog and i'm like no you don't get it <laughs> This is <laughs> literally a life and death issue for a lot of people yeah, right. um and yeah you might want to go no but it's sin we have to tell them it, it's sin
2: but i'm like
1: can we just tell them that you know jesus loves them
2: <laughs> yeah. honestly that's that's the most frustrating part about all this is like No matter if you end up being side B, like me, or side A, like you guys, or what, I'm just like at the end of the day, like there, there are so many things as Christians that we don't come to a consensus on. We need to recognize that this is an epistemologically very complex and nuanced situation, Hmm. and the fact that people just say, um, and I know where they're coming from, but I still get frustrated when I hear people say like, "Well, like, but it's sin." Well. From your point of view, it's sin. But you need to understand this is a very existential matter.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: when you add the fact that we're humans, we are souls with feelings and emotions and all different kinds of perspectives. And we have our context and so forth. It becomes very difficult to just speak of your opinion as if it's objectively knowable. You are universally people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you as a community can hold that belief, but like be very careful not to assume that just because you hold it and you have your evidences for something, that that means... That that thing is universally universally knowable by all people in all places, mm-hmm. um, and and so like yeah, people get so bogged down with when it comes to queer people. Well, sin. Um, it's like that's a human. Firstly, we're mm-hmm. yeah. Um yeah. The fact that you can't hear gay and actually, I just put out a video yesterday um, talking about queer lives matter, but. And how people can't just say queer lives matter like mm-hmm. you should be able to just say queer lives matter end of statement yeah. and not have to qualify it with some kind of oh. oh well but i don't want to come off as condoning sin okay well cool if you believe a third thing is that right cool put that away though you're talking about defending someone's life are you going to mm. make your need to articulate your theological stance on one aspect of how someone may or may not be li- living—are you going to put that on par with the with the need to defend someone's life? An entire de- cool. demographic and at-risk demographics um, need to be defended. Are, I, I think that's so jacked up, and it like gets me yeah. so riled up because, yeah. like, who gave you the right for you to ever put a qualification on who you whose life you will and will not defend? I, mm. I just yeah I think that's, mm. I think it's so jacked
1: up. so true, so true. Now you, uh, that, that is so powerful. <laughs> by the way. That is so powerful. Um, you, you did mention um, a few words there. You, you mentioned side A and side B Christians. Oh, and, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. now, I Now I just want to clarify that because I, I yeah. feel like for a lot of people who might be older than myself, <laughs> no, no hate, like don't come for me. You might. <laughs> You know, you might think that it's talking about a cassette player or something. <laughs> side a, side B. <laughs> so, so when you say you're a side B or you're side B, what do you mean by that, actually?
2: Okay, so very loosely, side A and side B terminology was invented by the Queer Christian um, Network, formerly the Gate Christian Network. I can't remember. Yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah, QCF, no, Queer Christian Fellowship now. Formerly Gay Christian Network, anyways. Yeah. So they came up with this terminology: side A, side B. Side A refers to those who, you know, very generally, maintain a, tr- a progressive biblical sex ethic that would allow um, for for marriage between people of the same sex, or what what have you, amongst maybe other things as well. And, and again, very generally, and side B re- would refer to those who uphold um, a traditional biblical sex ethic that would that believes that God designed sex and marriage to be between one man and one woman um and of course i mean those are they're just broad categories i mean there's a lots of different perspectives even within those but just to say it very generally i refer to myself as side b but there are some things that i believe that would probably not fit very neatly into various into that mold. but it's just a very quick way of
0: saying
2: yeah. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I, I, like, I, progressive <laughs> biblical sex ethic or traditional <laughs> biblical sex <laughs> ethic. So much side a side b yeah that's what i I think
1: it's just crazy that we as humans try to put everything in a box with a cute little label
0: and expect (laughs) that everything can fit in that. I think we have (laughs) to understand that sometimes labels are just for the purpose of making it a bit easier to converse. Yes. Um, They don't necessarily dictate everything. um, Yeah.
1: So being a side B and – Apologies for using that very broad term. <laughs> um, being a side B Christian, does that mean you're also celibate, I guess?
2: Yes. Okay, yeah. I yeah. Said that. I'm should said. i sorry, I should have said that. Um, so side B Christians um, are celibate, or if they're not celibate, they're only sexually active, of course, in married marriage to a person of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. I am not going to be doing that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I love women. I came out of one, my sister is one. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> all of my best friends are are women, but I don't have the ability. But that's yeah. okay. But yeah, just my, my theological convictions um just led me to believe that I um that this is how God designed things to be. Um yeah. even as I say that, um I do recognize and I do want to always affirm the fact that I that people who maintain progressive beliefs, side A beliefs, however you want to say that. Um, I believe their beliefs are biblical, in that I believe they're trying to base them on the Bible. I think that sometimes people assume when people say, "Oh, my, my," or they'll—they'll. They'll I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, my, I, I have biblical beliefs on sexuality." It's like, well, I mean, progress, people who have progressive beliefs are trying to base it on the Bible too. So, your beliefs, which are traditional or progressive, are based on the Bible. But don't assume that just because you believe something, it's objectively Bible and that someone else's is not, because that assumes a kind of objectivity that's like that I don't believe is possible with humans. But yeah, yeah so that's that's how I, I, I've I come to that conclusion um theologically yeah. but I always yeah. want to I think
0: there is just so much there to unpack. And um we um <laughs> yes, definitely need to talk more about that. But unfortunately we have run out of time again. Oh um, but <laughs> I'm sure we could do another one. (laughs) I'm sure. So um, if you're happy to come back with us next week, then uh, then, yeah, we'd love to have you back again. Definitely. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room.
1: We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.